to the Claremont County Public Library's Book Lovers Podcast. I'm your host, Laura, and today I'm joined by two librarians with a passion for children's books. Hey, Kara. Hey. Stacy. Hello. And today they're going to give us some suggestions about books by BIPOC authors. So remember to visit the ClaremontLibrary.org website for links to all of their great suggestions as well as the rest of the show notes. So welcome to the show. Thank you so Thank much. You. Welcome. Carrie, are you going to kick us off? Yes. Thank you for having us. So Stacy and I are going to be basing our discussion on a project that we started working on last summer. And it all started when I was approached by a longtime guest who had a college-bound reading list that her son was assigned for school over the summer. And she took a look at it. And of course, it had all the titles you could think of when you think of classics. I mean, To Kill a Mockingbird, 1984, anything that, you know, we think of as a standard was on there. So it was a pretty lengthy list. But she approached me and said, you know, I'm, I'm concerned about this list, especially in light of all the, the recent current events, movements for equality like Black Lives Matter. She said, where are all the authors of color? I mean, there were a handful that you mm-hmm. see on that list, but it's a very small percentage. And so she was questioning the validity of that list, which is totally understandable. So. I knew Stacy would be an awesome collaborator, so I reached out to her for some book suggestions because I was like, this is a big project <laughs> to try to recommend some alternate titles. So we decided to actually write a blog post about BIPOC titles and authors that could kind of be in conversation with the classics. So we're not necessarily recommending that you do away with the classics. I think they're always going to be around but it's a way of bringing a much broader view into the discussion of the classics and a much greater perspective. So if you're not familiar with the term, BIPOC is a newer acronym that stands for Black, Indigenous, and People of Color. It's considered to be more inclusive than previous terms, so that's what we decided to use for our blog post. And Stacy contributed half the titles, I contributed half, and we just hope that they're more contemporary voices. Um, a lot of the classics, they're classics because they've been around for a long time. So especially for high school readers, I think they're a lot less relatable than the books that we chose with contemporary characters. A lot of them are teen characters, which if you're talking about high schoolers, that's a lot more relatable to them. In libraries, we talk about books being windows and mirrors, so you either want people to be able to look into someone else's life and develop empathy or to be reflected back something about themselves and help them develop their own identity. So I think opening, you know, those books up to a wider perspective can only be helpful. Yeah, I'm excited because a lot of those classics felt dated when I was reading them 40 years ago and it was very much a white-centered, male-centered experience. So I am so glad that you guys are offering up, you know, other alternative suggestions. Makes me happy. Sometimes the language can be off-putting. They're 
like you said, they're old. The slang doesn't make any sense anymore. The jokes don't make sense anymore. Teens just are not, and young adults are just not going to relate to what we think of when we think of classic. So why not update those classics? There are so many more books published today by BIPOC authors. So let's include those on the list. Let's try to broaden the view of what a classic can be. Karen and I both felt that really reader makes a book what it is. So if it's popular, if it's being highly lauded, it's by a BIPOC author, can it be considered a classic? Yes, it can. Absolutely. So we decided to update this list and we're just going to give, I think, one each example of an updated classic. So I'm going to jump in with mine and we kind of formatted this as instead of reading this, try this. So instead of The Grapes of Wrath by John Steinbeck, try Homegoing by Ya Jiasi. And while Steinbeck's piece focuses on a family driven to California to better their hopeless economic situation, Giassi's work depicts characters from multiple generations of the same family and the consequences of past choices. So both are works of historical fiction and both place um, great importance on setting. So we tried to pull similar themes to try to make as much sense as possible as why we chose these titles to update the classics. So in both of these titles, the theme is explored of circumstantial suffering at the hands of others. But in Homegoing, choices are made by and forced upon two sisters of Asante descent, which is in modern day Ghana. That's where the setting is. And their choices impact their families for generations to come. So there's a huge importance theme was centered on families. So I think Homegoing would be a really great choice to update instead of The Grapes of Wrath. Great. All right. So I'm going to share my updated classic suggestion. I should mention that all our other choices are available on our blog. So I'm sure we can drop a link to that. Absolutely. And, yes. and of course, we're always happy to give more suggestions. So yes. if you need more, We'll always have some. So my pairing was instead of The Scarlet Letter by Nathaniel Hawthorne to read With the Fire on High by Elizabeth Acevedo. So I think everybody's probably familiar with The Scarlet Letter. I remember having to read this one in high school. Obviously, it's very important as an early work of American literature. It's got its roots in our colonial history. So I understand why it's taught, but it's a very judgmental work. With the main character being shamed for the rest of her life for one mistake. And obviously all the characters are adults. So how relatable is it for a high schooler to be reading about, you know, these relationships that are happening? You know, how how relevant is a, a male's perspective on a female who's going through these things? I don't, you know, necessarily that that's the best way to go about it. So with the fire on high... I love Elizabeth Acevedo. If you have a chance, check out her audiobooks. She reads them herself because she's also a slam poet. She is fantastic at doing, you know, any kind of voice work. So listening to her convey her works is really awesome. Her first book, The Poet X, won so many awards. And I listened to the audio of that. This one's actually a prose work. So that one was in verse, The Poet X. But this one is her first prose work. And it's got a lot of similar themes. So Emily 
Instead of in, in the Scarlet Letter, you have Hester Prynne who has had an affair and has a child as a result. Emily is in high school and had a child. So she's a single mom. She's now a senior in high school. So it's not dealing with the direct aftermath of her having the baby. I believe she had the baby when she was a freshman. So her child's a toddler now, but it's just extremely realistic. Her life is complex. So she's a single mom, but it's just kind of a fact of her life that she's having to deal with. So all the things that come along with that, with daycare and dealing with the child's father, who she's no longer with, but also trying to move on with her life. So she's really interested in cooking. That's where the title comes from. And she has an opportunity to join a cooking class and go on a trip to Spain to learn all these cooking techniques and move into a culinary career. But she's questioning, can she do that with all these limitations being a single mom? So again, a very complex story that I think is really relatable for today's teens. She's dealing with maybe should she get into a new relationship? She's got her family relationships going on, trying to find her place in life. Just a fantastic story. Highly recommended. Even the cover appeal, and that's like a new updated cover for the Scarlet Letter. It's actually really pretty, but like those next to each other, if you're going to ask a teen, like which one would they rather read? Like, yeah, I'm even sure you have to be a teen to make that choice. Well, that's the thing. I mean, we're talking about, you know, classic lists are assigned to high schoolers or college students a lot of the time, but even adults, I see a lot of times on Mm -hmm. social media, adults will be like, oh yeah, this classic has been brought up more recently. So I'm going to try it again. And I'm like, they're probably trying to slog through it and figure out why people are still so interested in reading it. I mean, don't yeah. waste your time on a bad book. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. and I feel bad when I hear somebody say, oh, I haven't picked up a book since high school, or I haven't picked up a book since I was in college, because I'm like, there are so many wonderful books out there. Mm-hmm. And you're judging your experience on reading by this particular type of book and I'm sure there are many books out there that would have way more appeal and you'd enjoy so much more. And I think it's worth um, mentioning when Kara came to me with this project I was like yes this is so exciting it'll be like kind of like a treasure hunt to find all these wonderful books and for some reason my mind went to find adult fiction titles to replace these classics just I, I guess because all the classics are considered adult fiction mm-hmm. or literature, whatever you, whatever you want to call it. And Kara picked all young adult books because she was like, well, it's for teens. That's, that's how they appeal. So I thought our list was like a really good mesh of both young adult and adult titles. But even though they're adult titles, they still appeal to teens. And even though they're young adult titles, they still appeal to adults. So it just happened to make a really nice, varied list. Yeah. Yes. So we're going to kind of shift gears. And instead of talking about, continue talking about our project, we're going to talk about our favorite or some of our favorite BIPOC authors and titles. So I'm going to jump in and I have a pairing here. So what I decided to do was to pick two popular and well-loved young adult books by Black authors and give recommendations for brand new read-alikes. So my first choice is The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas. And for some reason, if somebody has not heard of this book, (laughs) it is a best-selling book. It is a mega best-selling movie. 
But for those of you who may not know, The Hate You Give is about Star Carter. She is a Black girl who must navigate between her two very different worlds. So her poor, mostly Black neighborhood, where she lives with her family, her awesome, hilarious, loving family, I should say. They are like my favorite. All of all of her family members are my favorite characters in this book. So she navigates between that world and then the upper class, mostly white elite high school that she attends. And her world is just blown apart, shattered when she witnesses her best friend being murdered at the hands of police. So the story really focuses on Star's rise as a social justice advocate and her struggle with it. She does struggle with that. So she doesn't just immediately like get on a platform and, you know, start advocating. She really struggles with it. And I think that makes her so relatable. And this book just really shows readers what can happen when they stand up and speak up for what is right. So if you enjoyed The Hate You Give, I recommend When You Look Like Us by debut author Pamela N. Harris, and her book is out this month. So in this book, our main character is Jay, and he is just so over, always covering for and keeping an eye out for his younger sister, Nick. But then after a party with her boyfriend, Nick doesn't come home. She goes missing and the police are of no help. In fact, they barely even look for her. They don't really even bother. So Jay decides to take matters into his own hands and he is determined to find Nick and bring her home safely. So Harris's debut really just shines a light on the real world issue of society placing little value on Um, the lives of people of color. So both of these titles, The Hate You Give and When You Look Like Us, they feature dynamic characters and very timely circumstances and really just focuses on difficult issues and shows readers, especially readers of color, that they can make a difference. So I'm really excited to read this brand new title. I haven't read it yet. So it's a brand new recommendation for me, but it's getting glowing reviews and the cover is just phenomenal. I I think as a children's book selector, there's a trend, especially in young adult fiction, instead of focusing on illustrated covers, now we're getting covers of real people, like faces of real people. And I love it. I think we're going to see a lot more of that. So I'm excited for that one too. I've seen good reviews. I'm looking forward to it. And mine really flows right in with the same theme. So that and that was another happy accident. (laughs) So I picked two pairs of books that are by the same authors. So I've read the older title and then the newer title I haven't read yet, but I've heard that they're also very good. So I thought I'd talk about both of them. So my first pair is by Tiffany D. Jackson. And Monday's Not Coming is her older title that is absolutely fabulous. If you like true crime, it reads a lot like that. It's a mystery. The main character, Claudia, is looking for her friend Monday, who's gone missing. So just like Stacey was talking about, I listened to an author interview with Tiffany D. Jackson, and she said she really wanted to highlight how society just doesn't seem to care when Black children go missing. She actually based this on research that she did on two real cases. And so Claudia is dealing with nobody seems to care, nobody at school, even Monday's family 
won't answer any of her questions. And so she's really struggling with what, what happened to her best friend. And I listened to the audiobook of this one. There's a huge twist at the end, so I don't want to say too much more. But if you like mysteries or true crime, I would definitely check this one out. And then her newer title that just came out in 2020 is called Grown. So this is the story of Enchanted Jones, who is going through a difficult time. Her family just moved her to a new neighborhood, and she's really unhappy there. But she's an aspiring singer, and she gets noticed by an R&B artist named Corey Fields. So she um, actually starts a relationship with him. And then the premise of the book is that he ends up dead, and she's got blood on her hands, and she doesn't know what happened. She has no memory of what happened. So kind of another mystery suspense. The author in another interview talked about how she wanted to explore the dynamic of relationships between teens who think they're grown, but they're really not yet. And these adult men who should know better, but get into relationships with them and can be really manipulative and possibly abusive. So I would definitely recommend that one as well. Anything by Tiffany D. Jackson. Yeah. Oh, those both sound so good. And that cover of Grown is just gorgeous. Okay. So my second pairing, my popular pick. So if you like Children of Blood and Bone by Tomi Adiaini, I would choose, well, I'll get to that. Let me, let me explain what Children of Blood and Bone is about because it's a big book. (laughs) So Children of Blood and Bone takes place in a world inspired by West Africa, and it follows our main character is Zaley, who is fighting to bring magic back to her people. There is a huge cast of dynamic characters who at turns are infuriating, and they also capture your heart. But Adiyami brilliantly weaves her language and the culture of Orisha into a complex and spellbinding tale of Black girl magic. So kind of like Kara, I watched an interview with Tomi on Jimmy Fallon on his show, and he was so excited to have her on. He just loved the book. Did you watch this? It's such a fun interview. Like Seth Meyers has a ton of authors on, but yeah, Jimmy mm-hmm. Fallon will have them on occasionally, and it's yeah. awesome that they have authors on and get excited about their books. Yes, and not just like you know big name adult authors, but like YA authors, which I think is really cool. So Tommy just has like the most sparkling, bubbly personality. I love watching her do interviews or talk. She's just awesome. But um, she really talked about wanting to write this like epic fantasy world that features all black characters and like this powerful black girl young woman who basically saves her people saves saves the world basically because she grew up reading books like being a reader loving to read loving to write but not seeing herself in any of the books so these authors that are just just coming out with all these wonderful titles are really like placing themselves placing kids teens who look like them in these main character roles and it's just it's really fun to read so children of blood and bone and its sequel which is children of virtue and vengeance 
So if you enjoyed those, you will want to try brand new debut author, Namina Forna's The Gilded Ones, and that's going to be released February 9th. So again, a gorgeous cover. I love it so much. And um, a representation of an actual face, not an illustration, which is really cool. So in this book, Decca, who is 16, is already a bit of an outcast, and she's looking forward to this ritual called the Ritual of Purity, and it is a rite of passage that all girls must go through to be deemed fit for marriage and motherhood. So I don't know how, but they will draw blood during this rite of passage, and if they bleed red, they are deemed pure, and they are are fit for their lives um, ahead of them as wives and as mothers. But during this ritual, Decca bleeds gold. And what, what the heck does that mean, basically? So when it's revealed that she is not quite what, it's, what she seems to be, she is summoned to join an army of Alakai, who are other girls that possess powers, to fight these vicious monsters known as Death Shrieks, or Death Shrieks. So it is the first and a rumored to be trilogy and both of these worlds, Children of Blood and Bone and the Gilded Ones, focus on the power of girls. They are set in complex and rich West African inspired worlds and they are both epic, epic fantasies that feature black girl magic. So super exciting. I'm really excited for this one. The Gilded Ones is on my TBR list. And I have to admit, I'm shallow enough. I was like, oh my gosh, that cover. And then when I read the description, I was like, oh, that's definitely TBR. Yeah, totally <laughs> up your alley, I think. I think up the alley of, of probably every like teen librarian or anybody interested in teen fiction. It just sounds like it's made for the, mo- made for the big screen, which is so good. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, my last pair is by Justin A. Reynolds. So they are both realistic fiction, mostly, with kind of a sci-fi twist. So that's what I like about his books. They feel very realistic. If you like realistic fiction, it's dealing with Black main characters and how they navigate their lives and relationships. So that's mostly what I like to read. But then it just has a slight sci-fi element to it. So Opposite of Always is about Jack and Kate and about how they meet and fall in love. And it's just a precious love story. It's one of those that you just feel like it's so relatable, so real. You just love it. And then Kate dies. So yeah, pretty big twist. And what happens to Jack when Kate dies is he goes back to the moment they met, back in time. So it kind of has a Groundhog Day feel to it. He keeps reliving the same time frame. So I believe it's over a couple of months when he meets Kate to when she dies. And he keeps trying to save her. But when he makes changes, he is also affecting his relationships with his family and friends. So it's interesting to see what impact his choices have. And I listened to the audiobook of this one. I do a lot of audiobooks while I'm driving. And I really enjoyed that one. So definitely recommend his books. I have not had a chance to read his newest Early Departures. This came out um, in fall of 2020, but kind of a similar concept. So the main character, Jamal, tried to save his best friend Q from a drowning accident, but he dies anyway in the hospital. 
but there's a new technology that allows Q to be reanimated for a couple weeks. So come back to life before he dies permanently. So his family opts to do this, but his mom doesn't want anyone to tell Q that he's actually dead and he's going to die again. And the problem with this is that Jamal and Q haven't actually been best friends in about two years. Since Jamal's parents died in a car accident and he blamed Q for it, they had a falling out, but he wants to try to fix things while Q is reanimated. So again, another sci-fi twist while they're trying to navigate these relationships and figure out how to make things work. So I really like his contemporary view of Black relationships. That is a fascinating premise for a book. Very it reminds me of It reminds me of Noggin a little bit yes. by John Corey Whaley. Yes. Um, Where, yeah, yeah, they reanimate him, like his head is mm-hmm. put on somebody else's body. I yes. read that one too. <laughs> yeah, so funky. But really, yeah, but set like in a realistic time and setting. And yeah, I find that those types of books really fascinating. So that sounds really good. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you both. All of those suggestions sound just absolutely amazing. And I heard many books that must now go onto my to be read list, which is always a great thing. Oh, right. Always. (laughs) I had an arc of the Gilded Ones and I gave it away because (gasps) I I know I should have kept it. But I was like, I have so many books checked out right now. I have so many other arcs like I'll share the love and I'll give it to someone else. But now I'm like, I should have kept it. (laughs) It was very kind-hearted and generous of you to give it away. Thank you. (laughs) It's good that we all work in a library and you'll be able to check it out, right? Yes, I should get this one very, very soon. So no worries. (laughs) So thank you to our listeners and our viewers. Remember to subscribe to the Claremont County Public Library YouTube channel for this and other great library content. Subscribe to the Book Lovers Podcast wherever you listen to your podcast so you don't miss an episode. And remember to visit ClaremontLibrary.org for the show notes to the show. So I'll have links to all of the books that Kara and Stacy talked about. I'll also have a link to the blog post that they wrote for a complete list of all of their classic and BIPOC author pairings. So Thank you, everybody, for joining in. Thanks so much. Thank you.